0: I'm stand-up comedian Kiri Pritchard-McLean here to tell you that I'm on tour with my brand new show Home Truths. I'm going all over the country wherever will have me. I'm touring right through the spring and then because some of you lovely lot have bought so many tickets I'm now getting to tour for the whole of autumn as well. If you would like to get tickets they're all available on my website or you can go to littlewonder.co.uk and get tickets there. I can't wait to see you and I don't want to brag but I've got one hell of an outfit. <laughs> To the Who Are You Wearing podcast, I'm Kiri Pritchard McLean and I am lucky enough to host this lovely little foray into fashion. Foray? I think it's foray, isn't it? Well, I've said it now. (laughs) I'll pretend that foray is like a fashion delivery of that word. I basically sit down with very stylish folk and ask them to talk about why they wear the clothes that they do. And it is always fascinating, even if I do say so myself. This week's guest is pop star and Welsh royalty Ian H. Watkins. Yes. H from Steps, guys. Now, Ian talks so eloquently about fashion and gender, and I think it's really magic to hear someone who's got this huge platform thinking about how they can use it to be sort of an active champion of the LGBTQ plus community and it's really fascinating to me to hear about the world of pop and how fashion works and actually how when it comes to steps they decided to do things a bit differently and it might have been for sort of a budget decision initially, but it also makes a strong case for sustainability too, which is not a conversation I expected to have on this episode. Um, This is a one in a million chat, I think, and we recorded it in September, 2021. Um, I know you lot are gonna love this. So please enjoy me asking Ian H. Watkins, who are you wearing? Oh my gosh, so I guess my earliest memory,
1: and I've not thought about this really, my earliest memory is my mother taking me to school and it was hammering down with the rain. I mean, typical, you know, Welsh weather. And do you remember those coats that were reversible and it was a dark blue canvas on one side and like this horrible, slimy yellow material on the inside? Do you remember
0: that? Yeah. Yeah, I think just wear them now Oh, do they? Oh,
1: were they back in? No, that's wrong yeah. <laughs> So I remember my mum putting that on me And also feeding mittens, red mittens On a string through the arms So I wouldn't lose them So that's my earliest fashion faux pas yes. But not my choice
0: Well, did you have a strong sense of style as a kid then? Did you know what you wanted to wear or how you wanted to look? I did.
1: But you know what, Kiri? I always knew from a very early age that I was different. Uh, And I'm alluding to being gay. Um, But being different was something to be feared and you were, you know, pushed in a different direction. And today, luckily, that being different is celebrated. You know, being different is unique. We're all different. But back then, I gravitated. I I loved fashion. I remember one of my earliest memories. Um, I loved Aha. Oh, my goodness. Morton Harkett. Oh, my God. I wouldn't tell you what. (laughs) Jumped off a (laughs) cliff for him. But I remember going to a charity shop with my pocket money, and I bought a really bad uh, faux leather jacket, a pleather jacket. And I cut this leather jacket up, this pleather jacket, into strands, lots and lots of different strands. I tied them all together and I made, you know, do you know the, the, the leather necklace that he wore? He used to oh, wear yeah. like three, do you remember that? And he put it all around his hands. And I was so scared that, you know, the other boys would see me wearing this and, you know, and call me, you know, the obvious names. Um and I, remember, I always remember once that I, I had it all, and I forgot I had it on, and we'd gone swimming, and um, and I'd fake being ill because I didn't want to get undressed, you know, with all my you know yeah, my yeah. homage to Morton Harkett around my neck.
0: Oh my God, <laughs> your heart just breaks for young you at, like tr- trying to be themselves and find themselves and having to hide it and even having to pretend to be unwell to to I guess just save the the bullying. Yeah, right?
1: totally, and. You know what? Recently, um, my children—I <laughs> mean, my children—are characters, and they've come home, and <laughs> we—of we, course—we're having the talks about you know uh, different families because instantly they have a different family. You know, I'm a gay dad, um, and uh, we've had the talks. You know, boys can marry boys, and girls can get to marry girls, but a pterodactyl cannot uh, marry a triceratops. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They're, good, they're smart brothers they
1: can marry brothers i'm like no brothers can't marry brothers that would be wrong <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, the, um, i was going down the route of uh school so they're already um kind of forming uh, opinions and they're listening to their peers they're five and they came home and they said boys don't wear pink daddy i went yes they do yes they can so the day after, I dressed from head to toe in pink and took them to school just to prove the point. And then the week after, they said, boys don't wear skirts, daddy. I went, yes, they can. So if you look at our recent video for Take Me For A Ride, that's my inspiration uh, for that video. So I wear a skirt in the video and it's just me flying the flag, you know, for the for the gender fluid, for the non-binary, just that part of our community that gets ridiculed and overlooked and for my children as well. So I just thought, you know, massive box ticked. And now my my boy wants to wear a dress to school. Love like, it. Why not?
0: Absolutely love it. That's gorgeous that you can be that sort of like, I guess, role model to them. Because who was who was dressing you? Who was giving you your ideas as a kid? Was it cousins? Was it siblings? Was it was it Mam doing it purely, or were you trying to lead the way? We had I mean,
1: you know, we came from a, a very working class family. We never went without. But we, our wardrobes consisted of hand-me-downs, you know, our neighbours' clothes, charity shop, uh, the market. You know, I always remember I had a prize pair of stonewashed denim jeans, and I had Barney Rubble and Fledfront Stone on the other leg. <laughs> oh my
0: god! I'd wear them now. They sound amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were. And of course, when you had holes in uh, in your knees or you know, any or in, in your elbows, then you didn't buy a new pair of jeans or buy a new jumper your mum would, you know, sew a patch on there. That, that's what happened. We yeah. couldn't afford you know, new claws. I mean, today, claws are so cheap and disposable.
0: Yeah, but actually looking back, that's a much better, long-lasting, sustainable way to be doing things it's better for the planet to actually and now people are going back to like put a patch on it don't just chuck it away so your mum was a, a bloody trailblazer that's what I'm saying
1: is amazing. <laughs> she had three boys and she had three jobs to keep us all how people did it I do not know but as, as a parent You do what you have to do, you know, to, you know, sometimes I'm, you know, (laughs) my eyes are dragging on the floor. I'm so tired, but you find it from somewhere, you you do it.
0: Amazing. Can I ask you, so I know about your raincoat that you hated wearing, but did you have a favourite item of clothing as a kid that you just never wanted to take off?
1: I had, I had, uh, so if you remember, there was a phase in the 80s and it was just before I was getting into music and popular culture. But uh, there were jumpers that were on the scene, and they were very eighties. So they had like kind of bright blocks of yellow or bright blocks of red, and they had like flecks of of uh, like white all through them. Do you know the ones
0: I mean? Yeah, I do know Just, the ones you mean. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I had <laughs> oh my goodness, I had the most amazing one a jumper, and I used to wear this jumper with a gre- a mint green cardigan over it, and I had white slip on
0: shoes. <laughs> oh my God. Genuinely, again, that would be so hip. The colour blocking now, that would be so hip. You'd look like you ran a gallery in like East London. (laughs) I would not take these
1: white slip-on shoes off and they had holes in them. They had my toes poking out of the side and I would not want to get rid of them. And I used to to get a needle and thread and sew the sides because I did not want to take these shoes off. And in all my school pictures... All of the other boys are in, you know, like, you know, check shirts, you know, rugby tops. And there's me in a mint green cardigan and white slip-ons. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Very much telling the world something about yourself there, Beck. Exactly, Be. exactly. And, of course, I'm going to ask you for these pictures to put on our Instagram are afterwards because I me? have to see the white oh, slip-ons. God, we those. have to dig those I out. I don't think
1: the world is ready for that. <laughs> oh,
0: when, you were an, when you were a teenager then, what were the big... Trends and did you go in for any of them? Were you someone who was like bang on trying to look like everyone else, or were you always marching to the beat of your own drum with your mint cardigan? <laughs> um,
1: I was very, I was heavily into music, you know, when I was a teenager, and I guess the bands of the moment and the band of my childhood, uh, and they you know they still have a special place in my heart. We'll take that. Um I oh my goodness, I just wanted to be Marco in and just marry Marco in. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. especially you know the you know when uh they did Reel up my fire um when they did babe oh. as well when it does courts when they did everything changes and all of the you know the tan and and the the stone wash oh my god it was just awesome I lived for take that they did a whole section top of the pops with vintage adidas and I tracked on every charity shop for vintage, vintage Adidas. I love
0: it. Do you remember? Do you know what? There's some. There's two like iconic images I have fashion-wise to take. That number one is is a picture of Mark Owen where he's looking up, and I think it's like a Johnson and Johnson like baby T-shirt. That's, that's the real like, my fire. Yeah, real, my fire yeah. yeah, gorgeous and really androgynous, like because quite quite femme. and like yes. Mark was the one that you know like I and lots of the gay guys I knew loved Mark because mm-hmm. he you like he had just had this ethereal quality. And the other one is I remember on top of the pops howard donald singing um and never forget in a white sarong and it being a big moment in my house of like a farmers and my dad was like why is that man wearing a dress and i was like leave him alone but like i knew i was watching something special i hadn't seen before it's it's, like those
1: memories are just you know they're imprinted in your brain so so many amazing uh and memories I have of of take that especially so they went through you know a baggy white uh, shirt phase with a waistcoat and wearing loads of crosses it was yeah. the around about the Real like My Fire stage as well and I always remember so myself and my friend Adrian whenever we were out in the bank in Pentra I don't know if you've ever been <laughs> it's still going um, in the bank in Pentra and we would rock Real like My Fire on our knees and our best friend Bethan would come in and be Lulu <laughs>
0: So, were you emulating what you saw from Take That? Were you experimenting with those styles in as a teenager? Yes,
1: very much so. Yeah, I mean, I again, I, I was always, I was different, and I was known for being a little bit more flamboyant and fashion conscious, and I followed trends. Um, I wouldn't say I set them as such, but I think the gay community as a whole, and they are a great barometer. For pop culture, anyway, mm. um, they always latch onto things far mm. before anybody else. So we're, you know, we're super. Yeah. Cool, just saying. <laughs> so I think you know I was I was copying I was emulating rather than being fashion yeah. forward.
0: Yeah, well, I think that is something that I really I, I know from like consuming a lot of like queer media and you know like lots of gay telly and things that like it is leaps ahead like what what the gay community are doing and seeing and and being inspired by the mainstream then follows and I'm not saying that being gay isn't mainstream but it's certainly heteronormative the mainstream so it's to be a part of that and to be part of like I know you're saying you're not setting trends but I bet you were back home do you know what I mean? I guess I mean
1: I was always the first guy in our village you know to wear bell bottoms or we used to call them whappers do
0: you remember whappers? I don't know whappers so they
1: were
0: I've had someone call my tits whappers but that's it (laughs) (laughs) I'm not familiar (laughs)
1: with those (laughs) So a wappa is, they're like a suede shoe that looks like a pasty on the top Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, on the know, the crimps, so yeah, yeah, like
0: a moccasin thing. Yes, like a crimp,
1: yeah, oh, okay, so a moccasin. We used to call them Wappers <laughs> for some reason. Um, but I used to have, like, them in every colour. My favourite were, like, bright uh, purple suede, and they used to get ruined in the rain. But I was absolutely wearing those to our school oh disco. Oh, my
0: God, I <laughs> love it. <laughs> What a strong look. Well, did you have then, because you're really engaged in pop culture, massively influenced by music as a teenager, did you have a rebellious stage and was it coming out in your clothes? Um,
1: I guess the rebellious stage for me (laughs) was when I I was very uh, aware that I was gay and I wasn't out, and I guess um, society around me suppressed that. Um, So what I did, I actually turned my head on pop and um, I uh, I pretended that I liked R.E.M. and Blue <laughs> and Dinosaur Junior. So what I did, I started to wear docks and, like, baggy jeans and long tops and I grew my hair into a no. bomb. <gasps> <laughs>
0: and was this your way of, like, m- managing your sexuality at the time? Is it your way of, like... I don't know about managing my no. sexuality,
1: but managing uh, the backlash... Oh. Um, for what i presented i guess um i very much torn everything down and i put myself in a little box i guess and thinking back on it i, I mean i've never really analyzed it but it was definitely a deliberate decision to not attract attention yeah. to wow myself, oh, God, that's so much to
0: to deal with as like a young person when you should be experimenting and finding yourself and you're going well i've got to survive here yeah and so you know how, how to, can i do that the best but what's
1: incredible these days that there are so many safe spaces especially in schools you know where you can be your authentic self it doesn't matter what gender what sexuality what ability you know what color you can find your tribe or you can lead your tribe I just think it's absolutely beautiful what's happening there's a wave of change and it's just remarkable
0: yeah I I hope so I live in a very rural area of North Wales and I'm not I'm not confident it's permeated here yet. I think in pop culture it has, but whether that, whether your experience of being a gay kid growing up in my high school would actually be any different, I I'm not sure. I hope it would be. I hope. Yeah, I think I
1: I I used to live in a a rural community, and I can understand where you're coming from. Um, I guess where I live or where I lived when I was a child was quite close to Cardiff. I mean, it was an hour hour away. You know, Mm -hmm. a couple of trains away, but you know attitudes changed Mm. you know every stop you made on the train (laughs) (laughs) but I imagine if there's no trains then you bugger yeah yeah.
0: (laughs) well our next stop is Hollyhead so I'm not sure there's better attitudes there I I like like a bit of Hollyhead but they haven't
1: got mint green cardigans there
0: (laughs) want to talk about your current style which which i think you're always like very on trend without being that kind of like trendy that's just like mad going in for everything but i also think what permeates through your when i look at your clothes and what you wear is the attention to detail that i feel like is a legacy of steps of like the level of polish and turnout do you know what i mean is someone who has spent however many years having thousands of people look at them and also because you tied together outfit wise so you've got to be aware of all the details because you know devils are the details so the style that you have now what age do you think that started showing up at oh my goodness i
1: mean thank you for that uh, <laughs> amazing review there <laughs> i would never have quite put it
0: that way but <laughs> I, um do you
1: know what? it's weird when we when we get asked about steps and the style, they were like, you know, what were you thinking? You know, why on earth did you wear that? And I will never, yes, I look at it and kind of go, oh, what, what, why on earth? But it has a moment in time. It, all of those things we chose, and we had stylists, but we designed all of our clothes. Amazing. They were, you know, it was nobody else's fault. So we did it all ourselves. And the idea was that every time we released a song, we uh, chose a color theme. So, for, and I guess our fans will know, you know, love's got a heart, got a hold of my heart, is yellow. After the love's gone, is green. You know, uh, chain reaction is doctors and nurses. deep blue is, you know, the, you know, the aliens and blue. So, you know, everything has a time and a place. And I'm super, super proud of that legacy. And coming back, you know, I'm still doing it. It's our 25th anniversary, actually. Can you
0: actually wow.
1: believe that? And to still be doing it, is you know, it's just
0: insane. I was listening to one of your brilliant interviews you did on BBC Radio Wales and, and I think you were checking to Lee from nine one one and you said one thing you sort of mentioned in conversation is you've kept all your costumes.
1: Yeah. Right. I've got all of my costumes, all in boxes. Um one uh, item I don't have and it's oh I'm gutted I don't have it, but we signed them all and gave them away. Our red devil coats from Bet the Devil You Know. Oh we give them away as competition prizes, but I have everything else and whenever there's an anniversary, you know, for, you know, say, Summer of Love, I dig up the top and I put it on and I go, it still fits.
0: <laughs> I love it. So, coming back to the question, how you dress now, your style that you have, how have we got there? The style that we see you have, that level of turnout that I see, what's the journey? When did this start showing up, your style?
1: I guess we were all chosen as members of Steps because we were all very individual. You know, they, they were they were ticking boxes, I guess, when they auditioned us. Before the lineup you know today, there was actually a different lineup of steps. I'm not sure if you knew that. Um, but it was myself and Lisa and three other members. They left uh, because they did not want to be line dancing pop stars.
0: <laughs> they must be fucking gutted now, babes.
1: <laughs> well, who knows? I um, would be miffed. <laughs> Uh, so and so we it was Lisa and I and then we needed uh, three other members obviously so we were at the audition and thousands of other people auditioned and they were very much ticking boxes so I fit back then I guess that blonde kind of big gob cute you know mm-hmm. the Marco in of the group I yeah. guess if you want to call it that we needed somebody completely opposite to me so and Lee tick those boxes we mm-hmm. already had a, a, a brunette so uh, we, we then we found Claire and she was a blonde, and, and they were like, oh, we like this blonde as well, but she was good. So we all were very individual anyway, and we all brought something very, very different, you know, personality-wise, uh, style-wise, and everything you see from day one is ourselves. We inject all of ourselves into yeah. our outfits. It, it's crazy when you think about it. I mean, God, Faye had dreadlocks at one point. I mean, at Lisa- <laughs> Lisa had blue pipe cleaners in her hair. I mean, what, what,
0: what, were we thinking? But so creative that you were, you were bringing that level of creativity. You weren't just rocking up and putting on the clothes that someone told you. I didn't realise that you guys had a hand in designing your stuff and being across it. Do you know what?
1: Because it was far cheaper to do that than be given hordes of Gucci clothes, or mm. you know, or you know, we used to see all of these, all of our peers rocking up so you know we had all Saints, we had five we had s club they were all dripping in designer mm. gear we never had that budget we never had a record company that threw money at us and looking back on it in hindsight i'm, I'm glad they didn't because all of that money is recouped mm. so we never had you know a big cash cow it was cheaper to employ um, a seamstress and we tell them what we wanted and we made that outfit last for 20 tvs i yeah. mean my gosh the Oh, they, I mean, people knew. Oh my, actually, I've just had a flashback. Oh gosh, <laughs> we would like. We, I'm going off. Uh, I'm going off. Uh, piste here. We were at one of the most iconic events in the sporting calendar. So we were at the World Sports Awards in Monaco. Every sports star in the world. They were. was dripping with movie stars. You know, you had, you had Boris Becker. You had John McEnroe. They were. You know, like people at the top of their game. You had. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas, you know,
0: oh front row,
1: center front. We opened the whole show, and the curtain goes up, and <laughs> and we were dressed in bright yellow. We looked like bananas, and all I can remember was Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas' faces like that. <laughs>
0: Like a <laughs>
1: Yeah, literally, they could not believe what they were witnessing. We were like,
0: "Yes, hi, we're <laughs> But also, that's like your because that was you're in the golden age of pop. Steps are part of that, like pantheon of of heroes of of pop, right? When pop like really reigned supreme. But steps still were like outside doing their own thing. Like, so you're right. The others were sort of like, guess I. Like, I don't want this to sound offensive, but they were striving for something cooler. Do you know what I mean? They sort of wanted to be on the adjacent of cool, whereas you guys were like, no, we are this and we're doing that and we're going to pick a colour and it's going to be themed. And I imagine fans responded to that and would turn up in in colour blocked as well. Like, that's, that's such a smart thing to do with a, a sense of community as well and a sense of, like, style. So, like, is that coming from... I can't, well, basically, I can't believe that's being led from you guys. Like, that's coming from you. It's amazing. It was
1: very much led from us. I mean, I wouldn't say that, you know, we didn't mastermind the whole thing. We did what we needed to do to survive. And I think you're right. You know, a lot of the stylists and the record companies, they had so much money to play with. Um, The easiest thing to do was to go down Bond Street, you know, pick Mm -hmm. something from every store and, and then let the band choose, you know, what they wanted to wear. And I honestly, and no disrespect to my peers, because I'm still friends with so many people from s- so many bands, mm. but all of those bands were targeted and, and marketed towards the teen audience, mm. you know, the, whereas Steps, Pete Walkman was a very clever, he was a very savvy man. He, he made sure that we crossed over, so it was parents didn't mind coming to our concerts, because their kids loved it mm. but secretly they loved it as well yeah <laughs> and now those children
0: but it's probably but with we
1: the guilty pleasure and I and I you know I, I that's not a negative phrase at all I I'll embrace that um but those children that came to our concerts now have children and there's three generations coming to our concerts oh. and they're all dressing up as our videos and, you know and our, I guess in inverted commas iconic looks it's, yeah. you know we get doctors and nurses coming up uh, we get you know like gold robots uh, you know.
0: uh, it's, it's just amazing it's, it's incredible oh it's gorgeous now you put so much thought into your like staged clothes and and like your personal clothes we can see that and um, do you think of hair and makeup as part of the outfit as well
1: um i guess for the boys it's a lot easier it's kind of you know just stick just like a bit of gel in it and go Uh, But the girls, very much so. I mean, their hair is very much part of of their looks. And I guess because we are, a lot of us are nearly 45, you know, we're, we're, we're (laughs) we've been around, Mm Kiri. So it's, we're on the, it's that fine line between, yes, we want to express ourselves and have fun and play, but do we want to, you know, be age appropriate as well? Mm. You know, it's. And some people go, screw age appropriate, you know, I'm gonna wear, perfect. you know, do you know that poem, yeah, yeah. I, I shall wear lavender, you know that. <laughs> so, but I think you get to an age where, uh, especially the girls, because they're parents, they very much, and they very consciously don't wear, you know, little mini mm. or show the midriffs, you know, because they don't want their children to see that. And I, and I totally get that. Um, he says, you know, getting his top up on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We all, we've all seen the thirst traps.
1: It <laughs> yeah, I worked. I'm still single. Jesus.
0: <laughs> well, this is the mission of this podcast, is to get you paired off.
1: <laughs> Alice is on a postcard.
0: <laughs> Have you... Because also, the other gorgeous thing about Steps is... Um, and I want to make sure that we're talking about your personal style as well, but obviously you're in such an iconic band, it's hard to not talk about it. But you went through, like, you know, with each album and thing, there's a the, there's the theming. Are there any trends that you've repeatedly tried to pull off that you're just like, it's time to walk away from that. It's time to let go. It's not happening for me. I don't me. know about trends,
1: but I mean, we, you know, like I said, we uh, identify every campaign, every single campaign uh, with a colour. So And the, the yellow was definitely a no-no. That was a full part. <laughs> I remember, so we were in the most beautiful location. We were filming the video at the Carlton Hotel in Cannes. And we were there, we literally looked like tropical fruits on the end of the pier. It was just, <laughs> just ridiculous. Awful fruits just dancing along. It was awful.
0: <laughs> I love that. I'm obviously going to ask for a picture of that as well. Yeah. How do you feel about... Because um, I know you've got your costumes, but is there an item of clothing that you've had for ages that you that you still love, that you've hung on to? Oh, I do. Do
1: you know, I've got an amazing... um. And this contradicts everything that I said... Uh, because it's a label, I've got a beautiful Gucci shirt, which I bought myself actually. It wasn't the stylist, and um, we did a show called Steps into Summer. Ooh, see what we did there, uh, <laughs> and we uh, we had like it was like our own variety show, and we had Lionel Richie on, and he sang uh... all night long with us, and I got to I got to sing uh, a duet with Lulu, the lovely <sighs> Lulu, and uh, it, we sang uh, I Don't Want to Fight anymore. And I wore this, it's like a, a chiffon Gucci shirt and it's beautiful. I tried it on the other day and it's still yeah. So that's my one, I just, I adore that just because of the memories
0: attached to that's it. That's gorgeous. Now, is there an era that you wish you existed in just for the fashion? But I feel like you existed in your perfect era.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know about that. I mean, some people will definitely disagree.
0: <laughs> I mean, I love
1: the 80s. I loved how flamboyant, and how outlandish the 70s were. Uh, you know, mm. uh, incredible people like, uh, we said, Ziggy Stardust, you know, David Bowie, Mark Boland, you know, the, the Stones, you know, mm. they were at the top of the game and not afraid to be flamboyant and experimental. I just love I
0: that totally thing. agree. <laughs> so many of my style icons are men from the 70s. So like Elton John and Freddie Mercury mm-hmm. and everyone you've just mentioned that I'm like, well, that's the look I'm going for, is a, is a rich man in the 70s. <laughs> Have you seen uh,
1: the new Cruella film, which is iconic?
0: I haven't, but uh, the the costume designer um, is, a, a Joe, you know, Joe Lycett? That's I when do, yes, he messaged me and, yes, saying, this is, yes, is mum, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, she's amazing, Jenny. So I've been, I follow her on Instagram, I've been looking at it. But I've, I'm saving up Coella because I can't wait to see it because the costumes look like something else. Totally influenced,
1: you know, by Vivian Westwood. You know the iconic look. So oh, it's it's, it's exquisitely done. Very very clever. Right?
0: I love it. I want to ask you: Have you got an item of clothing other than your Gucci shirt that you put on and you just immediately feel amazing? And it can be a pair of trackies, but you just feel like, do you know what? I feel like me oh, in this. Uh, it, I
1: am mean, I'm, I'm a very tired dad. Kiwi so and it sounds really boring but my onesie I love my onesie
0: right paint the scene what's the onesie look like we need color we need sizing oh i've got a plethora
1: of onesies i don't know what the collective term for a onesie a onesie i don't know <laughs> I, I,
0: I think it's an exhaustion of onesies okay <laughs> yeah
1: okay yeah uh, i've got a, a camel print one i've got a cerise one i've got a teal one i've got you know your bog standard gray so you know it depends on what mood but generally i'm, I'm in a onesie of a night a
0: onesie for every occasion i love it so what's your relationship like with shopping? Do you, because you are very like fit. You're like built for fashion. Like, you know, you're you're like, you're slim, you're trim. You've got a great figure. So to me, I'm like, God, he must love shopping because everything will look amazing on you. You're like the perfect body to hang clothes on. But, oh god what are you like uh, no but tr- it's true like it's to me i'm like oh my god yeah that would be you just wander in and grab what you like but like are you someone who likes going in there do you want to touch stuff Do you want to try stuff on or is it like oh no i love a bit of online or do you actually just hate shopping
1: because i'm a parent and my time is valuable I, I just don't i don't have time to you know to indulge in shopping i don't i before children i would go you know for hours on end i'd have a little mooch you know i'd, I'd have a bit lunch and i'd, I'd have another little, 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 little mooch but now I tend to do stuff online. But I go to uh, designers that I know uh, I like, and I know that fit my frame as well. Mm. So can we talk designers? Yeah, so... yeah,
0: of course you can. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's
1: uh, and one uh, I use a lot for stage as well is there's a uh, an incredible company called O2, Ortu O R T U, and their stuff is just so it's a bit gender fluid. So it plays on uh, the non-binary. You know, they they have, like, kind of uh, belts that look like skirts and chiffon tops and incredible kind of um, bags that look like harnesses. And, you know, it's, oh, yeah, I I just, I absolutely love it. I wouldn't wear it on the school run.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Unless, of course, the boys come home and say, Daddy, someone in school said that boys can't wear belts that look like skirts. You were like, hold my drink. As long as
1: it's not harnessed. (laughs) not We've gone down the fetish route quite a lot recently with our with our, our our last album. So we've been wearing kind of you know like harnesses and holsters and you know. And I don't know whether that's been mainstream before, but what somebody else uh, said to us on a, on a record signing recently, you know, you you've made harnesses mainstream. Yes. <laughs> What but it
0: is it's like it's oh it's it's so it's so good, but you're right, maybe not right for the school run. Although very practical. Imagine all the school bags and like pee get my to clip I mean, on I and mean, you
1: I'm just gonna say something really <laughs>
0: something like that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I love that you, you you were like nosing through the charity shops as a kid and and cutting up that leather jacket is that like how do you feel about secondhand stuff thrifting vintage stores thing things like that is that is that something that you are you someone who likes to dig around or you're like oh god no that would just do my head oh
1: in. my friend my friends call me a skip dip. i that's what i do i can't i cannot pass a skip without having a nose i can <laughs> a, a charity shop a vintage store an architectural salvage my house looks like a junk shop i've ringed it in a little bit Um, I collect uh, circus art and fairground art so uh, my bed head is a WhatsApp panel just to the right of me I've got a carousel horse you know I've got lights from Blackpool Illuminations it looks like have you seen God's Own Junkyard
0: yeah I love that it
1: looks like that yeah. I've got an original, uh, stage door sign, you know, from a the End oh. theatre and like, you know, stuff like that. It's, you know, I'm a bit eclectic.
0: Oh, I that. love it. But, but you're not like, let's talk about clothes with that though. You're not in there buying a ring master's outfit, are you? Although I can absolutely see steps wearing that. I used to. So
1: because of the the, the job that I do, I will, I'll, I'll go to charity shops and I'll see something and I'll take a picture of it and send it to our stylist and go, right, I want this to go with the next look because generally, generally we'll have things made now. Um, depending on, you know, what kind of creature or alter ego we are at the time. Oh on the last video we had, so um, have you? So there's an incredible uh, outfit that Trinity the Taku wore on All Stars. She's in this kind of uh, lime green, radioactive green outfit, spiky outfit, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I wanted that. In the right colour combo for the last video, and our stylist made it. So Faye had like a bolero jacket, a spiky bolero, and I had this kind of uh, cyber uh, erotic porcupine on on my arm. I love
0: it. <laughs> I so you're picking it. your influences from from everywhere then, from from Drag Race, from a shirt in a charity shop. Are you just always sort of like magpieing about the place. And this is what's interesting to me is like you've got such a good eye and such a creative eye. Do you ever pump it into like ian or is it all being pumped into h i guess h is my
1: alter ego that's the guy that can express to the fullest um because i will repeat i can't wear a harness on the school road
0: <laughs> ian is <laughs> knackered <in> and <laughs> in a onesie he's not in a harness exactly that's my day wear of
1: A night he comes alive
0: i love it i love it what is your um do you think about because obviously actually getting stuff made by someone who's an expert is especially if those are you know well-made things that you're going to get a lot of gigs out of and things that's quite a sustainable way you know it's not one of a thousand with lots of that are then going to be sent to landfill if they don't site it's quite a sustainable way of doing things do you because you're in the world of like pop and as fast fashion is linked to that and turner and things are you how do you feel about sustainability and things like that is it something you think about or is it like i mean you've got enough with, with twins we are very
1: uh i guess we recycle costumes. Oh, my gosh. We have a core wardrobe, well, it's a core room of rails and rails and suitcases so Our our stylist, who's incredible, a guy called Frank Strachan. And he's... I, mean, I think he has a room dedicated to us and Kylie. It's, it's just what? immense what he
0: does. a house. <laughs> Let I me mean, go yeah, and spend some time there. <laughs> yeah, he
1: was saying that a couple of weeks ago, you know, I found the you know, Girls Allowed dresses from, uh, you know, The Promise. And, the, and we were
0: like, I was like, what? They're iconic. Oh what? God.
1: So, yes, yeah, yeah, amazing. So, with our costumes, we recycle a lot. You may not see it or know it, but we do. So, especially with um, custom pieces, so like shoulder pads or harnesses or belts. There are certain ways you can actually just you know rip a layer off, and then they're covered with you know uh, jewels. So I wore something recently on Drag Race actually, and we recycled that to do Graham Norton with Michelle. You know, so everything is kind of mission mismatched nothing is made completely new for you know for every performance. amazing.
0: That's so exciting that you're taking those really cuz also that's the thing of having a well-made piece, isn't it, that you can actually be like well the, the foundations and the skeleton of this is strong we can just change what goes over the top. That is so exciting to hear. I um, also have
1: I've got so cuz Lisa lives in Dubai, um she leaves a lot of her costumes with me. <laughs> so um a lot of them now are in my children's dressing up box, so they often <laughs> come out. <laughs> With, like, gold shoulder pads with, uh-huh. fe- with feathers hanging off it or a pink bedazzled <laughs> bed- jeweled belt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a... a you're going to have to WhatsApp me who wore it best. I really want to see that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh-huh. Do you see your style changing and evolving all the time? Or are you like, you know, this is me. I feel like Mima onesie and my sort of very, very turned-out look at, as Ian and definitely as H, like, do you see it it changing or are you, this is who you are now? I
1: guess I'm at, I'm at a bit of a crossroads in my life where I'm very aware that I'm 45. I'm not, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. Um, But also I want my children to be as expressive as they want to be. So why should I suppress, you know, my creativity when I want them to just lap everything up, you know, to experiment and be the beautiful people that they are. So part of me says, "Screw it! I'm going to keep on doing it." But there's a bit of me going, "You're a little bit too old for this
0: now, mate." <laughs> also, I'd quite like to wear something comfortable. <laughs> yes,
1: can we wear that for one for sorrow? One for one for sorrow.
0: <laughs> one for sorrow. I love it. Yeah. So there you go.
1: <laughs> That's the title of this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um now, is there an item that you can always see yourself wearing, whatever age you are? You'd be like, you know what, I'll, I'll always find an occasion to throw that on.
1: Oh, I mean, I've got lovely blazers. So, a blazer, you can wear with anything. So, you can put it with a shirt, you know, a T-shirt, a vest, or if I'm feeling daring, I'll just put a waistcoat under it. So, yeah, a nice blazer with the arms pulled up.
0: Oh, love it. Proper, like, Miami Vice rolled up sleeves, love it. Yeah, exactly,
1: yeah. I'm, sadly, I'm not Don Johnson. <laughs>
0: <laughs> are there any trends that you're hoping never come back?
1: I mean, as as uh, as uh, much as they affected my uh, my youth, I guess the '80s were. Mm, they, I mean, there were there were lots of fashion. I mean, the frizzy perms weren't good. Oh my gosh! I just remembered. I permed
0: the back of my hair to look like Duran Duran. <laughs> I'm also going to demand a picture of that love. I've got to see that. I don't
1: know if any exist, but yeah, I used to have. I used to have a perm on the back. Bless my mother; she let me do
0: it. Oh, love <laughs> her. Now I've got one final question. It could be seen as a bit somber, but actually, I think it's a nice, uplifting thing. So, we're not we're not here forever. You, you've moved off this um this uh this world into the next one. So, what would you wear to be? to be buried or to be cremated in? What's the final outfit that you would go for?
1: Oh, my God. I guess if you have a legacy, my legacy is going to be, I guess, steps, right? Because I've been part of that for more time than I've been on this earth. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, I guess the T-shirt, the image that everybody knows me for, is, uh, do you know, So it's the monkey t-shirt. Do you remember the, the Paul Frank, Frank t-shirt? Yeah. And I literally was obsessed with them. I had them in every colour and people always say that, that they remind me of you. So I guess that is the definitive outfit for me, I guess. And you may see it on the next tour, you don't know.
0: But we're not oh, I love <laughs> it. I had a pair of Paul Frank pyjamas. They were the purple and yeah, and they had the monkey face all over. I mean, I remember paying, saving up, and this is when I was like, 15 or 16 maybe working as a washer-upper and i say they were 90 quid which was it's a lot of money now for a pair of pajamas and it was yeah. fucking mind-blowing back then but i was like do you know what i'm never not gonna love these and i've got them stowed away in a drawer somewhere because I, I can't get my ass in them these days Oh, I, was gonna <laughs> say, I,
1: thought, I thought you were gonna say you keep them for best i never keep anything for best it's like you know when you get a really nice bottle of, of champagne or wine or you have a soup for best don't keep things for best get
0: in them oh Enjoy that's them. such a do you know what that's such a beautiful sentiment to leave it on and also the mental image of you in an open casket in a Paul Frank t-shirt it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> everyone else is like I have a full veil I'd have platform shoe, I'd have and you're like put me in a Paul Frank t-shirt <laughs> I love it you've been so good this has been such a great chat and I really I, I enjoyed that hours and hours thank and you again. So Thank she you so much. bye bye oh H you absolute legend do you know what I just love how being the best most Proactive role model to his boys is just at the front of all his decisions. I think that's gorgeous. And I'm so pleased that we got to have a peek into the world of steps, too, because I love how they sort of recycle and reuse what they have, yet. Yeah, I- Sort of consistently inventing and moving in different directions with their style based on a single or an album they have out. I think it's really invigorating to see people who've been in a creative field for a fair old time still in full control and innovating and also taking joy from reinvention. I just think it's, um, it's really inspiring. Also, another babe advising us to never save anything for best. And if Ian h Watkins tells you to pop on those pearls and a tailcoat to go and do the big shop, it must be true. (laughs) If you want to get in contact with us, we love having a chinwag with you. Um, We're on Instagram at whoyouwearingpod and we whack up pictures on there of that week's guests and their different outfits, some of the clothes they've mentioned. Do we dig up stuff from their childhood? Absolutely. If you want a longer chat, you can email us at whoyouwearingpod at gmail.com. We've had a lush email here from Laura, who says, Hello, just to say, I'm seriously loving the podcast. Yourself and all the guests have got me so inspired and reignited my love of clothing after 18 months working from home in joggers and jumpers. Babe, tell me about it. Literally the first... 10-15 10-15 minutes of my talk show is about this and Laura goes on to say I also adore reminiscing about all the old trends and brands R.I.P. Punky Fish, Paul Frank, well you'll have loved this episode, Tammy etc it's a perfect Monday listen oh I'm so glad I think it's a really nice um podcast to start the week with, week with as well yeah so Laura goes on to say anyway as a fellow charity shop addict I often find it difficult to get secondhand basics oh preach i'm more likely to come home with three jazzy blouses and have nothing to put them with i'm also a big lover of ebay and Vinted, but i've recently discovered pre-worn ltd which is probably best described as the asos of second-hand shopping they have thousands of items from high street basic t-shirts to good old st michael jumpers all at a ridiculously affordable price currently everything is 50 percent off oh my gosh oh i know i'm spending my afternoon Um, And Laura says, oh, best of luck with your tour. Gutted, I just missed out on Reading tickets. Um, Well, Laura, I think I'm going back to Reading, maybe. Um, Let me have a look now. Sorry, Joe, you can cut out all this waffle. Um, But if I am... Hey, Laura, I'm going back to Reading on the 16th of September at the end of this year... And because you've given me a great tip about shopping, why don't I sort you out some free tickets? If you um, email Jo, she'll sort that out for you my partner is looking at me over the computer he thinks I give away too many free tickets (laughs) um so thank you so much for that Laura it's great email um are we gonna get loads of emails now from people wanting free tickets my partner's nodding in the background well you know so be it I don't read them anyway so you can't guilt trip me it's got to go through Jo and she's got a heart of steel no no way she's just as soft as I am um now then and we always talk about a small business on this podcast um so I would love to introduce you and to a business which is Welsh well half Welsh get to that. Please meet Inland Sea. Okay, so this is an amazing sort of half Welsh, half union company set up by, oh, my partner's leaning over the bed and pointing because he's wearing the t-shirt right now. Um, I'm getting distracted here. Sorry. Okay, so it's set up by <laughs> a really brilliant man, guy called Adam. I know, a man. He must be pretty special for me to even mention him and he really is. So basically, Inland Sea was born out of Adam's time as a surfer. He noticed more and more plastic on our beaches, and that was just at the front of his mind all the time. So he went, he attended an event that Patagonia did, and at this event, they mentioned that they were using recycled plastic in their t-shirts and that's when he was like oh my gosh i could be part of the solution so he found this company in america that could make them slammed a load of them on his credit card paid loads in import tax and probably learned a valuable lesson there and that is how inland sea was born so he's got this amazing range of t-shirts made from basically plastic that comes out the sea it's so good i usually get them for presents for like men who are hard to buy for because they've got really cool designs as well Um, Since then, he and his partner Vic, they've got a brilliant podcast um, together as well. It's called Things It Can Only Get Greta about the environment. Um, By the way, Vic is a brilliant woman that I'm lucky to know from my early stand-up days. So they've become pioneers in manufacturing clothes out of seaweed incredible i own one of these t-shirts it's the one that my partner just pointed to he's wearing right now it's beautiful and they're really soft with great colors and i just i just think it's so exciting they've also opened up a shop in macclesfield so if you follow them on instagram you can find out when that's open i think it's got quite limited opening times but they're looking to expand it and um and be open more do you know what? I just love that they're always pushing forward too. So they've got a ethical and affordable plus-size range that they're going to be launching soon. I just think it's such a relief to find companies that really care about the world as much as you do. Like, their clothes, they're made in Lithuania in a factory. It's the only factory to be accredited by Greenpeace. It's absolutely amazing. Um, they, they sort of build themselves as the most... Um, like eco-friendly ethical factory in the world. But obviously, I don't know, Guinness World Records aren't involved in that yet, but that's what they're meant to be. Um, and they've got just a really transparent section on the website about their products, how they're made, where they're made, what they're made from. I just... Um, I just think honesty about their supply chain is so lovely and refreshing. Um, So that is Inland Sea. Oh, also check out their Guide to Great Women t-shirt. I love it so much. I have it in two colours and my partner has it in one as well. Um, Thank you so much for listening. And please join me next week as I have an incredible, powerful um, chat with the amazing Susan Coleman. It's, um, it's a really big episode and I think you guys are going to love it. See you then. Who Are You Wearing is produced by Joe Southard. The artwork is by Mary Phillips and the music is by Annie Glass. This has been a Little Wonder production.